Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Zoe, thanks for coming in and, and uh, sitting down. You've got a big smile on your face. You must be nervous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? I don't know. This is different. And different than you don't ever sit and be filmed and tell your story a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you end up at Heartlight in the first place? Well, my mom and I, we had just a super rough relationship um mm. starting in 2015 um my dad passed away mm. super suddenly um and it just kind of what an accident or a he was in a bicycle accident oh, um goodness. he hurt his knees his back scraped up his face um and it jarred something in his heart um and i so my parents were divorced um and like it was an August Sunday morning. My mom dropped me off at his house. I rang the doorbell. Um, there wasn't an answer. He had just gotten out of bed and fallen down. Um, and was gone. And was gone. Did you find him? I didn't. My grandpa did. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, that's five yeah. years ago, but it seems pretty fresh to you. Yeah. And so was that the beginning of kind of the downfall of this thing, of things falling apart? Yes. Like how? Well, I, my dad was kind of like my rock. Hmm. Um, he played a huge part in my life. He was super supportive um, to everybody else. He was like really quiet and mysterious and he yeah, would yeah, talk yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, but around me, he was goofy. He was funny. Um he was just my dad, and wow. when I lost that, I kind of lost everything. What do you think? Where was the hardest part of that? Was it in the next few months? Was it a year later? Is it even now as we come upon the holidays? Do you think about stuff like that? What goes through your mind? Um, especially during the holidays, I know that there's kind of like a hole, hmm. like a missing piece around me, around my family. Um, and it didn't really hit until about a year later when I realized that yeah. he wasn't there. Well, everybody says the second year is always the hardest, mm -hmm. you know, so. Okay, so how did that start to affect you? Um, I kind of shut off, um, just like I stopped talking to my mom about serious things. Um, my grades dropped mm -hmm. in school, um, and I think my mom just got super worried that 
I was starting like a downhill pattern. Yeah. Um, and the more that she reached out to me, the more I just like pushed her away because to me, I didn't want that help. I just wanted my dad back. Yeah. Um, so how long before you got to the point where it was just a mess and somebody said, we got to do something? Um, so he passed away when I just started sixth grade and I started self-harming when I was in the eighth grade. Hmm. And that's when my mom found out and that's when she kind of took action. She um, got me a therapist. Hmm. I started going to therapy um, once a week and I just... We had, like, sit-down talks, like, why I was doing this, like, what she could do to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, how did how did the cutting, how, what did that do for you in dealing with your grief? Um, the way that the therapist that I had back at home explained it, she says that in order to get rid, to get rid of emotional pain, you mm-hmm. seek out physical pain. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing. I wanted to get my mind off of whatever was hurting me and focus on something that I could actually deal with. Yeah. So does that resolve it? I mean, to get it off your mind. I mean, some people go out and run a marathon. Some people pour themselves into work. Mm -hmm. You chose to cut and it was something physical, but did it really resolve whatever you were trying to resolve? It was sort of like a quick fix. Maybe it lasted... 15 minutes, half mm. an hour, but when that half hour was up, I was back where I started. Yeah, so. but, fi- but for 30 minutes of relief, it was sure worth it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you come to Heartlight, you start working through things, kind of figure out what's, has it has it changed? Has that whole left? Are you dealing with grief a little bit different? And um, I deal with it different now, mm. but I think the whole is still there. Yeah. It's still the same. Um but I don't look at it the same way now. I see, I don't see the hole and think that something used to be there. I look at it and see there's something I could fill it up with. Yeah. And that could be the relationship that I have with my mom now. That could be friends. That could be anything that is healthy for me. Yeah. And so she's remarried now. Mm-hmm. Has it been hard? Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's been rough. Yeah. Um. The person that she got married to in the beginning, I hated him. Hmm. He was the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. Um, And when I first met him, we were in a McDonald's (laughs) and I was reading my book because I was super shy and he was like, oh, she doesn't talk much. I was like, Hmm. I'm sitting right here. Um, And from that moment, I was just so angry with him. I was angry with my mom. Um, Hmm. Because I thought that she was replacing my dad yeah. with something that wasn't ever going to measure. So up. he was really a reminder of what you didn't have or what you had lost. Yeah. Well, nobody can fill that void. I mean, mm-hmm. he he could have been Superman and it would have still made you mad a little bit. Yeah. Do you guys get along now? Um, and it's okay to say you don't. <laughs> you don't. I think that it's a lot better. I know that there's still a lot of progress and a lot of work that we can be doing. Yeah. Um, but from where we were to where we are now, there's such a huge difference in the way that we interact with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he, you know, he's he's never going to replace your dad. Mm-hmm. He never will. There is, there's nothing that can happen. I'm when you get married one day, 
that will fill a big part, a part of this void that's in your life. But even at that, it's not, I mean, it's not going to replace your dad. And I hope you never lose sight or, yeah. or get rid of the feelings of grief or anything else because your dad meant a lot to you. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Let me ask you something. You have a few piercings. <laughs> when I first met you, you were pierced up like crazy. Yeah. Was that kind of a response to something that was that part of it? It wasn't part of a self-harm thing, but was it something to take away the pain? No, I think I just looked at it and I was like, this is, I never wanted to be like everybody else. I wanted something that would stand out and make me different. Yeah. Um, and I could dye my hair, but it wasn't, it wasn't permanent. And so I was like, I'm just going to pierce my face. <laughs> um, well, I love it. I mean, I'm not going to go get the little nose thing or anything, but I mean, but I love it. I mean, you're a thank beautiful you. lady, whether you're pierced up or have <laughs> green hair or anything else, it doesn't really matter. But I know this, I know that your dad would be very proud of you, thank would you. be very proud of you. You made a lot of changes in your life and you were not the same person you were when you got here. And um kind of wish I could meet him sometime and, and maybe I will when I get to heaven I'll, get to, I'll, I'll look <laughs> yeah. him up or something so he would thank have liked you, you. <laughs> yeah hey thank you so much for coming thank in you. and sharing your story this is great cool. thanks nobody cares more about their teen than moms but even moms can get discouraged and distracted when watching their teen go through those difficult adolescent years you can feel alone and helpless, unable to know how to encourage your teen. It can get hard to trust God's goodness in the midst of such hard times. Mark Gregston knows the feeling. That's why he wrote Prayers for My Teen. It's a book of prayers and devotionals to help moms keep their eyes on God and their hearts uplifted, even when your teen is struggling. Prayers for My Teen is a great addition to your purse, bedside, glove compartment, or desk drawer as a simple way of reminding you of God's faithfulness to you and love for your family. Get your copy of Prayers for My Teen at parentingteenresources.org. AK, hey thanks for coming in and sitting down. Hey, tell me a little bit. I, when you first got to Heartlight, describe yourself. I was really insecure super depressed, just like struck in by trauma and just always worrying what people thought about me. And Trauma from what? Um, when I was 15 years old, I was raped by a guy that I knew and I met him at a church camp wow. and had him over and he got me drunk and then took advantage of me. Wow. That was the first time I'd ever, I'd ever drank. And from that, it just like brought a lot of you know, like hurt in my life. And I told myself that it was my fault since I invited him over and I drank the alcohol and yeah. like it was my fault. I let him in. Yeah. So it took a lot to kind of get over that guilt and shame. Okay. So, so with that and everything else that you were doing, I mean, I remember you coming here and being that everything's perfect and good and wonderful and there's nothing wrong and you know, la, 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 kind of dancing through the forest and, you know, mm -hmm. but there was. Mm -hmm. So, do, I mean, were, did you see yourself as that? As kind of trying to put on this image that everything's good when inside it wasn't? Yes, for sure. And like, I just like, 
I want to be there for people. And, like, I know, like, it's hard to, like, if I'm hurting to help other hurting people. And so I put on this mask that everything was fine and I'm okay just so that I could be there for other people and help other people. But in the end, it ended up backfiring. More. Yeah, so how long did it take for you to realize that it was okay to fall apart? A couple months. took a couple months. But I think it was more just, like, through counseling and stuff and, like, talking with staff that I was like, it was okay for me to be vulnerable yeah, and not be, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, yeah. And okay, was, so why was that so hard? Growing up, like, I was just, I was in a Christian family and I feel like we had to put on this image, mm. you know, just this Watermark Community Church, just like I was doing community small group, like just being this perfect Christian girl and like on my family too, like when I behaved badly, it reflected off of them. And so I told myself I had to be this perfect person or people weren't going to like me and yeah. I couldn't help other people. Yeah. Which, and, and I say this, and Watermark's a wonderful church. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, we've known a Watermark forever and ever. And and Todd Ellett, the, the pastor, used to live with us years ago up at oh. Canacut Camp. And so, but I mean, but that's the image that you felt like you had to carry. Mm -hmm. You went to a private school as well. Private and so, as, yeah, mm -hmm. so as long as you keep that image, then everything is okay. But the conflict between what this guy did and what the image that you had to carry, there's a big chasm in between those two points, mm -hmm. you think? Yes, for sure. And was that just eating you alive or? I mean, for a while, I, I told myself that, you know what, this is totally normal. This is, this didn't happen. You know, like mm. this, this is whatever, because when I woke up the next morning, he acted as if nothing happened. Mm. And I, so I just told myself, this is normal. And then a couple months later, um, I just, I found out that I was, I was pregnant Mm. off of that and that just it was a lot and I just told myself you know what this is fine like this is normal and then just buried it deep inside and just hiding for the image you know and then ended up miscarrying and then mm. went back to my life you know like everything was fine and a couple months later another guy took advantage of me not as wow. bad but wow. that just led to even more guilt and shame and this is normal you know I guess it's happened twice this is normal so What'd your mom and dad say about this? Did they see things going on and are happy? They see you changing or anything? They did, but they just I think they attributed it to like rebellion, you know, and I was mm. grounded for a lot of it. <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't, I mean, I didn't tell them, like I told them what was really, I didn't tell them like the full story because mm. I was too ashamed to tell them what had really happened. Did and they know the full story when you came here? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, like, lied about what really happened, and then I told them nothing happened because they, like, really questioned it, and they didn't, you know, like, believe that it happened. Yeah, and yeah, So I was yeah. like, I guess it just didn't happen. Wow. So, so you're living life like nothing's happened when something atrocious has happened. Mm -hmm. And so then, so you come here, and you're perfect, wanting to help everybody else. Then things start to fall apart. You find mm -hmm. out it's okay to fall apart. When did the relationship with your family start to get restored? Or was it ever broken? It was, for sure. Um, just, I mean, after the rape, that's when I started drinking. And, oh. you know, hanging out with guys and doing stuff that was really promiscuous and mm. that kind of stuff just to 
fill that empty hole. And that's when things really started breaking between us and just like depression and just like rebellion and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah. I mean, we were, uh, we were really broken. Okay. So when you look back on that time now, how do you describe it? Hard. Wow. Like it was really hard. And I think a lot of it I did to myself, but also like seeing the change my parents made here, I knew something, it wasn't just all me. Yeah. You know, like they are no longer controlling and monitoring me constantly. Like they, you know, they care about how I'm actually doing and not just how my image looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and you're getting ready to graduate from here? Go home. You just graduated from high school and you're ready to launch and go do something new. Yeah. Uh, With anticipation or with a sense of fear? Anticipation. I mean, I'll be taking a nannying job for like a three-month-old baby and just so exciting. That'll be cool. That'll be cool. So what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge about going back home? I think it's going to be admitting when I messed up and not going to the old pattern of just hiding it again, you know, and telling my parents how I'm actually doing and not just telling them the answer that they want to hear. Yeah. So you so. Get, because you got used to that. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, I mean, because I hid Snapchat from them. I had who I was hanging out with, like just everything that I was doing, I was hiding from them and I was putting on this serving on Sunday and going to small group. And like, I even had to like lie to my parents and tell them that the people I was hanging out with went to Watermark and they were in small group when, because they wouldn't let me hang out with them if they didn't. Yeah. You know, wow. I was so fearful of them. So, what would your parents say the biggest change in you has been? I mean, it, I mean, this has got to be, you work through all mm-hmm. this stuff, everything comes out. You've kind of laid yourself bare in front of them and said, okay, this was my life. How would they describe your relationship now? Restored. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was... I mean, it was a lot of heart light, but like, honestly, it was a lot of what God did, yeah. you know, because I couldn't have experienced this change without him and same for them, mm. you know, just the restoration and trauma and our relationship and just new ways of approaching conflict and agreeing wow. and disagreeing with each other. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Your biggest regret. Oh, wow. Um, I think my biggest regret would be trying to take my life before I came here Mm. just because it caused my family so much hurt and just they thought they did they did everything wrong you know and because you weren't sharing anything with them right yeah and I was so depressed yeah and you think that's just where parents take it well if my child's not doing well and they're not saying anything then it must be us yeah I mean is that what they thought I mean maybe a little bit I mean I don't know. It was just like, I really just regret that, Hmm. you know, just like, because that hurt them. And it was just like a really kind of sad, like cry for help. And I didn't mean it to be like that. Wow. Okay. Your greatest accomplishment in the last year. Like at Heartlight? Yeah. I think it's been just like finding out who I am. You know, I don't have to morph into put or put on a mask and be happy all the time and that kind of thing. And I'm just so much more open about my life and what's going on. That's cool. That's cool. Well, look, I know your parents are proud of you and I can't wait to hear their comments when they, you know, get to share with you the importance of 
this graduation and what it means to you. And I'm even more excited about where you're headed and what you're going to be doing over the next few years. And, and we're just all so proud of you that it's just oh, unbelievable. Love you to death, sweetheart. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.